Welcome to the farm. Our next interview is with Frauke Bolton. From Germany all the way to Karanara, Frauke tells us about her unforgettable journey here in Australia, covering love, loss and the resilience of this beautiful, brilliant woman. In today's interview, we are able to share that powerful true story and her lifetime. And we talk about not only her book, which has been released, A Diamond in the Dust, which is a biography which covers more of what we can discuss in today's interview, but as well as her Kimberley Fine Diamonds business as it is today. A trigger warning for those who are listening today. Today's interview does touch on mental health and suicide. If you need help, please reach out to Beyond Blue or Lifeline. Before we jump into today's interview, I'd love to give a shout out to today's supportive link, Thermomix. Cook smarter, not harder with the TM6 Thermomix and CookieDoo subscription. The CookieDoo subscription gives you thousands of recipes at your fingertips, all on screen of your TM6. Let Thermomix and the CookieDoo subscription help inspire and help plan meals on the go or during the week. Whether you are harvesting, sowing, planting, or anything else in between, including shearing and other high-impact times on the farm, let the Thermomix take stress off you by helping you do all your cooking and inspiration. To find out more about the Thermomix, click the link in description below. Or if you're ready to go on the Thermomix journey, then please select Katja Williams at checkout. And I look forward to working with you with your Thermomix. Now let's jump into today's interview. Start by introducing yourself, your family, and where you were born. Yes, my name is uh, Frauke Bolten Boshammer. My maiden name is Simon, and I have no sense of directions. I'm now married to Robert Boshammer. He's a true Aussie, but with a, a, a very German background. I was born in, in Germany, in Flensburg, which is the most north town of Germany, and 10 kilometers further is Denmark. And I know where Princess Mary has her summer palace. Uh, I have uh, five kids and 12 grandkids, and that's my biggest achievement in my life. It's not, it's not the book, it's, it's not the shop, but family is everything. Yeah, beautiful. That's really beautiful. So when did you leave Germany and how did you come to be where you are now? Yeah, I might need to say that we lived a year in Africa too. Yeah. And that's where my first husband, Friedrich, got the idea, oh, I like tropics, I like warm weather. and But he always was on the go, oh, where can, where can we invest we have friends in Costa Rica, we have relatives in in Brazil, and he always was on the lookout where to invest a bit money, a bit money. And and then he he flew with friends to Australia and yeah, fell in love with so 
normally he when I picked him up he talked about moving and I said no I'm not moving I'm I'm very happy where we are and uh, yeah that's what it is beautiful so you moved out to Kananara you yeah. were married and you had three kids at the time yeah, yeah how young yeah. were they at the time Fritz was 11 Margaret was 10 and our much much wanted son Peter Peter was one and a half in, in Perth when we showed we had only a one-way ticket to Kananara the uh, um, hostess asked do you know what Kananara is like so what were your first impressions when you landed in Kananara I didn't like it no I can't say that look flying over it so isolated so and that was April we arrived the 12th of April 81 I remember the date and quite good with numbers it was also dry and oh look and I, I, I mean it's in the book that I went then shopping and the flower had weevils in and on. We, we, we didn't have that in Africa so I, I I went back to the shop owner and said, listen, this, uh, I can't take this. Yeah, but it's all, it was all they had, you know, it's all they had. Yeah. It, a lot of things came, came and they stayed for, for weeks in the shop and that's what happens, you know. But, so we had to sieve it through, is that the right word for it, yeah. to make a cake. Oh, it wasn't easy, it was not easy. No. What else were some of the, the differences that you first experienced when you moved there? Yeah, look, the the house was so dirty. We bought a, a ready-made house, but it was so dirty. Uh, look, coming from Germany, you, you are clean. And the former owner, she, she let uh, young girls clean. And so, of course, if they don't know what to do, that's, that's what it is. She, she had other things on her mind and... Yeah, but it was so, it's so spidery, so many geckos. We paid Fritz 10 cents each for each gecko he caught. Uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And we had in Germany a very nice house, a very nice farm. It wasn't that we money-wise needed to do this, to come here. No, it wasn't, wasn't like that at all. Yeah. And I believe in, in part of your book, you write about your first wet season and how you didn't realise that it would not only rain outside in the wet season, but because of the humidity, it would rain inside. So how did you yeah. end up stopping yeah, that, that from a, happening? Yeah, we, it was a big, big storm. And if somebody knows what can happen here, it was a, a huge storm with thunder, thunder, lightning, big clouds and um, our house was not so isolated and we had French doors, so it rained into the house. It, and that was Christmas Eve and we celebrate Christmas Eve. That comes from my German background. And wow, that was um, a wake-up call for sure. And and my husband just had, Friedrich just had put um, um, mung beans in, in the soil and the soil was so sealed from this heavy heavy rain that he needed to do it again and that was his first crop he, he had made so that was already a first blow to him yeah because whatever we have done we needed to borrow money to buy our in the beginning we had three farms which was about 
thousand hectares all irrigated and, and he needed to go from one farm to the other to use the water allocation you know because we had some water allocation free of charge and if you use more you had to pay more for it yeah, yeah. you paid water water rates but uh, that that's how it was back in 42 years ago yeah yeah so when you were brand new to the farms and and to the area you're a mum of three fairly small children still what was your main role each day on the farms not a lot no i, I just looked after my kids uh, and and did cook and wash and what there is to do and also to get used to the new area you know i was first scared of snakes of all the insects the frogs we have frogs in the toilets sometimes it wasn't it, i couldn't look under a bush I, it was all so scary you know so scary how did you ease some of that that scare and some of those the anxiety some of those new animals yeah. and, and area would have caused I, I would say my kids started to love it that makes made me more happy and my husband was very good he, even when i needed to go say to the toilet at night time he came with me to to the toilet he, he was very understanding which was nice yeah and the nice thing coming to kananara was there are so many nice people here we were got invited after three days to come for dinner honestly three days we were in kananara or have been what's the best english and and we got invited by and over a neighbor which was only 200 meter away or so which was so nice you know it's uh, we were very welcome to come to Canada. beautiful sounds like it was a wonderful community and yeah. tell me about that first um, acceptance and that first dinner and how that started creating your community there it just we felt yeah quite yeah welcome as I said and 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 quite happy. I mean, you drink a wine, and maybe at that time I had a, a cigarette with my new friend Judy. <laughs> my husband hated me smoking, and I wasn't a smoker, but just to sometimes annoy him a bit. <laughs> yes, but it was just nice. And but it's it's also food is so different. Everything is so different. We are not English, you know. I never have eaten a pie, and I won't eat it won't eat the pie for example i i won't have the christmas pudding you can have german desserts with us was there a certain australian cuisine that you did get used to eating that you do enjoy now yeah coleslaw example i'm not sure if that is australian or american or english but we eat salad a bit different, but now I think you find it in Germany too. But at 42 years ago, no, you yeah. we didn't we didn't have that. We didn't have that. Yes. And so, how soon after being in Australia did your other children um, come to be on the farm with you as well? Because you you landed and arrived in Australia with three, and you had did you say five in total? Yeah. Look. Money got very tight. We needed to borrow money to do this adventure. I call it still an adventure. And we needed to sell our German farm, which is still, I've just come back from there and it's still such a nice area too. We needed to sell it. And then I knew, I knew 
uh, we have to stay in Australia. And so I, I wanted another child, even I was my number three, Peter. I had huge problems. It was 15 weeks. I needed um, medication not to have contractions. And this medication is just so horrible. Uh, even at midnight, I needed to take it. And you have so much heartbeat. Oh, it was. And I needed to stay nearly the whole time in bed. So I, it was quite a courage to decide, oh, let's have one more, one more little little baby. And that happened. So that's why we had number four. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And you've had some ups and downs why you have been in Australia. So can you tell us a little bit about those hurdles and emotional yeah. trials and how you came out the end? Yeah. I also need maybe to say that uh, I went to the doctor and the doctor said to me, Frauke, you are depressed because of where I lived. And he said, I only can say either you you go back where you come from or you take medication. So just to be supportive of my husband, I took medication and it helped. It, it helped. But I, it wasn't my field. But yeah, because we had to sell the farm and Further, he wanted it so so bad, uh, and he got himself run down. He the, the day before it all happened, he walked behind soya beans in the heat, probably not worth enough water, and uh, the next day he he suicided. What can you do? What can you do? I thought mainly of my kids and because my mother died when I was only two, so I knew how it is to be without one parent. My kids were at boarding school. What am I doing? So I thought I I moved to Perth, and leased the farm, and um, that happened anyway. I could lease it for the Water and Shire Rates, so I was happy about it. I wanted to move to Perth, but then I met my second husband, Robert Boshammer, who also is a farmer. He wasn't a, a practical farmer, then he just had studied and did just some um, work on a farm, but not himself. But over the years, it has become good, and that's why we also wanted to um, have one child together, so we have our Katrina, Olga, and uh, I had uh, two miscarriages before that, but I was nearly 43. But um, if I determined what I can do, I'm not giving. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And so we have our fifth child, which was beautiful. I believe in God. I believe in God. He has helped. He has helped also to send Robert to us because he's a wonderful man, a wonderful father. First time we, we met when the kids had come back from boarding school, he said, oh, I fell in love with with the kids as well. It's so nice, you know, so nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so tell me about the new journey you then embarked on with your new husband and your children. Where did life take you from there? Yeah, look, first, um, again, I did not need to work on the farm. It, first, we needed to get the farms back. 
we needed to get our machinery back because we had further still had bought three fan tractors and I was uh, wanted to send them back and get the money back and not have uh, debt and but we got them back and so for the uh, uh, Robert could see um, sometimes I mix them um, Robert could could start farming again which was a learning curve and I, I just because we had then melons watermelons rock melons and we had 30 40 people and I started to cook sometimes for them because they worked so hard and had live in a tent sometimes and so that's what that's what I did yeah, yeah. That's what and what would be your favorite dish to cook for them a roast you can yeah. eat a lot of people with, with roast and I make a very good German gravy don't ask me for the recipe please and they these poor people said oh, and and potatoes what and, and veggies and dessert uh, really um, I, I spoiled them yeah that was my fun that was my fun but I not that I I say that I didn't I always had the little urge to do something of my own not to be only only you can see what I do only yes. be a farm wife we started a, a jewelry shop but, but I must say we put money into a jewelry shop where a friend was there and their marriage split up and she needed money so we had some exhibitions here and they were so successful and then we had an empty shop here in town and I started as a novice I say I always like him virgin as a child which is impossible because I but then we had Katrina Katrina was just a year and to start a new yeah but I can't look back and it's going well and successful and yeah, yeah. beautiful and for those listening who aren't sure where you are now you're now running the Kimberley Fine Diamonds you're not far from the mine itself and some of the most beautiful diamonds pink diamonds in the world yes. tell us yes. how the business started like how you built it to where it is today uh, to, to build yeah no, I started just to have it um, um, a table on our front veranda and so and, and I got that from the purse shop just some rings and some necklaces and, and that, that it was very small from the people who came back from the mine and had a, a look there and from then yeah it started to, to that we bought our own jewelry and, and, and started the shop cost stories my business partner and purse helped me to hook up I, I, I was not into a retailed business at all you know but you can do lots if you put your energy into it and you know that too um energy and love into it it, it was it was exciting but tell me who doesn't like jewelry and yes yeah. <laughs> and, and the mine by why i'm here the mine is only one and a half driving away from us and and the pink diamonds are so very special they're very special and, and that's what i invested as and whenever i could if when i had money i i bought some pink diamonds so i i would say we are one of the biggest supplier of pink diamonds still in in australia maybe not the biggest 
diamonds itself, but we have lots of small ones too, because the prices go up and up. It's a good investment, but uh, they are expensive, yes. even for me to buy. And is the mine still operating just near where you are now, or is it it's rumoured to shut? It has shut three years ago. Yeah. Not that, that, that they knew there are more diamonds down there, but because they went under underground and the, it was caving in, there's a lot of water too, because Lake Argyle, the biggest man-made yeah. lake, is, is nearby. Uh, there was so much water and it was in a very big heat. It's um, It was not uh, cost too much money to do more, so they, they closed it. And they were producing up to, I believe, 90% of the world's pink diamonds. Yeah. One reason is they have, they have very intense colours and only the Argyle mine has it as intense. You find it in, in paler ones in South America and uh, even now are here in Russia, Russia and um, Africa, but not in this intense color. And Aga has done the the marketing fantastic once a year. They and they still do. And my manager just has been down to Perth and had another look at another tender stones. Tender means you need to uh, uh, offer your money. In writing, it's not. It's it's a silent auction, and so if you beat the most, you you get it. But then you have to pay in a in a week's time too. You know, it's not they they send it to you and then you can't pay. But it's very exciting. I mean, they also have brought the champagne diamonds uh, onto the market. Have also some blue ones and some green ones, but very rare is all that. If someone was moving, say, from Germany or someone else, somewhere else in the world to remote Australia to a part of the world where you are now, what would be your top information that you would give them to help them find their feeting when they first reach here? I would invite them for, straight away for dinner and say, listen, we, we haven't got this and this. Now, when we first came, the bread was only white bread. We only had frozen milk. It has become so much, so much better. Yeah. Oh no, not even frozen milk. We had only powdered milk. All this sort of thing I had to live with, you know. So um, just be nice and be positive. Stay positive. Yeah. One reason why I did write the book is that unfortunately we lost our son Peter, our much, 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 much wanted son to suicide too. That's one reason why I opened up and it, it's quite personal, I think, um, to warn people if somebody in the family has done it or friends, it is just more acceptable. And what I did not know, you can even inherit the tendency to that. I unfortunately have to say another cousin on um, a nephew of ours did it too. He was older than Peter, but it, 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 please watch, especially your sons, be careful there. Our Peter was introverted, so he didn't, he didn't talk enough. Talk, talk, talk. It's all I can say. Talk, talk. I'm now in peace with it. It's, uh, 
it's uh, nearly 23 years ago, but it still hurts. But what can you do? And the Lord has helped me. Yeah, it's. Uh, I even see you are blinking. You blinking a bit too. It's, it's horrible. It's just, and we don't know why. We don't yes. know why. Is my husband? I knew he wasn't happy how it was running, and we money was running out. And but but with Peter, we have no no clue whatsoever. But at least we found him, because that other people lose their kid and and never get an answer. At least we have that. I always have said it could have been worse because the police thought um, he he was murdered first, the way he was found, and uh, luckily that didn't happen because then you start to start to hate the person who would have done it, you know. And hate is is horrible. Oh, this hate in the world. Just look at the wars we have in the moment. It's it's horrible. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm in peace with it. What can you do? And I have wonderful, yes. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful family. We stick together. Every every Sunday, I invite my family to come for breakfast. Who is in Kananara? And we, I do that for nearly 35 years, every Sunday. Wonderful. That's yeah. beautiful. And you've got such a beautiful growing family. Did you say yes. 12 grandchildren? 12 grandchildren. Yeah. The oldest is 27. And the youngest from uh, our daughter, Miss Robert, she has just a, a girl which is just uh, 15 months old now. It's wonderful. Oh, that's very good. That's very yes. good. If, if someone was moving into the community where you are now or onto a farm, you've mentioned, you know, invite people over for dinner, get to know people, um, be nice and polite. Is there anything else that you would tell them to yes. do? Yes, play a sport. I play tennis. And yes. after three weeks, I always say, if people come new to town, after three weeks, you are local. And you learn to meet people, which maybe otherwise I would not have, I would have only met farmers, you know, but I met business people and, and whatever, you know, that's so nice. Have a sport. And look, yes. if you have kids at school, that's, that's help at school. And, and and do some reading with the kids in the class, something like this, that helps you to get there. Yes. And, and then when it really comes to a tragedy, the people are wonderful here. I mean, when, when Peter died, I, I didn't need to, and it was so, so hot. It was in January. We had the funeral at 6.30. Who, and we had over 300 people for the funeral, for people there. The food, everything was donated. I didn't need to do anything. Where do you find that? Where do you find that? We had a, a man who lost his legs, and the people came together in an accident. And, and so he has, we donated quite a bit in the auction and so on. So he has a very nice mobile thing. And that's what, what Kananawa people do. Yeah. Because it's not always easy yet. It's not always easy. We can't have it all. That's a long saying for me, but we can't have it all. No, that's very beautiful. Thank you very much for joining me here on the farm today and having a chat with the community. Yes. Thank you and all the best for you too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you've learned lots of tips, tricks, hacks through today's interview. 
If anything has been triggering for you, please reach out to Lifeline or Beyond Blue. If you enjoy hearing stories about those moving to the farm for the first time or back into a family farming operation, then this is the channel for you. Please like, subscribe and share with a friend. Nominations are also open for season five of So You've Married a Farmer, Now What? If you know someone who has moved to the farm for the first time, tips, tricks and knowledge to share, please nominate them via the website. The address is in the description below. We are now also taking on channel sponsors. If you own a business which is supporting people moving to the farm for the first time, the agricultural industry, women in the bush, then please contact us via the nomination form on the website. And I look forward to discussing with you a partnership moving forward. Until next time, thanks for joining me here on the farm. Mm -hmm.